it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. Your hosts, Dan and AJ, are here. AJ, what's up? Not much. Back to our uh, the original spot where we we uh, not filmed but recorded the very first podcast back in the basement. Down in the down in the basement. So if it's a little echoey, that's that's why we have uh, you know the at home working conditions for for some people are moving our schedule around. Uh, plus, AJ has a busy busy weekend, and we couldn't really wait to talk about the Ryder Cup. So any longer, at least. We're not going to talk about the Sanderson Farms no. tournament at all. So let's just kick it off the right way. Just electric. Thank you, Kyle Porter, for that. That was front. That was recorded from the uh, from the first tee out at Whistling Straits. I believe that was f- Saturday. But just an amazing event. Beat down U.S. wins nineteen to nine. The new in what the current form of the Ryder Cup is. That is the new scoring record. Yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. Just unreal. It. So I have a couple thoughts on maybe what this means for U.S. golf moving forward, but how jacked up does it make you feel just watching team golf again? Well, it made, we talked about it on Saturday. I was like, how do we do a fall version of the Slater Cup? Yeah. And then I went golfing on Saturday because I just had the itch and had to go golfing at 4 p.m. Yeah. It, it's unreal what watching that competition does. And I actually just saw something today. That kind of summed up how it, there was endless displays of it throughout the week on what what this event means to those guys. But I was reading an interview with uh, with Shane Lowry, and he was like, his quote was, I, "This is from the Independent." But his quote was, "I can't believe there's no tournaments like this for another two years. I can't believe I've got to go and play individual tournaments. I don't even know what I'm gonna do." Uh, you wouldn't believe the experience that I've had this week. There needs to be more team-oriented golf tournaments, not necessarily like Ryder Cup style, because I would take away from the Ryder Cup and and everything. But throw, give me a couple two-man. Yeah, but they events. have they have a couple of those, and I I don't know how it two-man events. I I don't know how that plays well. I th- I could see like the Olympics being successful in something like that because you're still playing for your country and yeah. if they did like two man teams in that, but they already do I think two of those events like the Zurich yeah is a two man event and it's fine, but does anybody really care about it? like I would I, the thing I would like to see that I thought of the other day is like a like a match play team event so something similar to like the Dell match play but yeah. do it as a team event and do like the round robin where you play multiple formats where you do a four ball and you do an alternate shot and you go from there that that could work and i guess it might be more of like this recency bias in my head of like man i really love the Ryder cup in the style so like let's get more of that yeah but once you get back into the meat of the the individual season i'm probably not going to be clamoring for multiple you know two-man events or things yeah. like that but there's a lot of people that are like screw it let's do the Ryder cup every year but i kind of like the build-up 
Every two it. years is good. Every two years is good, and you have the good change of pace with the President's Cup, which is a little more relaxed, and and the U.S. always wins. So that's, that's what they should do is do mixed, like we had talked about before, yeah, for the President's I think, Cup. I think a mixed event for President's Cup would be awesome. Men, women, mixed events. You bring in, I mean, because the women, the the Asian women are so good at golf. It would bring a oh, very so interesting. Many of them too. Yeah, it'd bring a very interesting mix and dynamic to the President's Cup where USA usually is yeah. winning every single time. Right. So but so before we get into the actual teams and the matchups and stuff, what I don't really remember I like I remember Jason Day winning and I remember this course looking like it played a lot longer back in twenty sixteen, I think, when Jason Day won it. Mm-hmm. But uh I thought it played great on TV. Oh, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And even the best part, I think, is you almost got two different course experiences from the morning to the afternoon just because how much the wind changed. Right. And how much it you know changed the way each player was going to attack that hole. And it was great. Just the entire time of getting... Some people might think, like, oh, I'm watching the same course all day. It's just going to be... Why am I watching it's, the second it's, it's half? Kind of the ant, it's kind of the anti-Tory Pines. Like, no two holes really look the same. Yeah. Like, you have weird angles and mounds on every hole. None of the greens really look the same. I mean, the course is just yeah. tough. Yeah. Well, well, it looks incredibly challenging, especially when the wind gets up like it did. Yeah, 35 mile per hour winds. No thank you. Yeah. So, I, I can't wait, really, until Major gets back there. It's... It, it's an awesome course to watch on TV, and I'm sure, like, from ever, all the quotes from everybody, I'm sure it was. It would be nice to get out there to play, but it's probably going to be backed up for, like, the next two yeah. or three years now. Yeah, for sure. A uh, little bit of breaking news. Like, right before we started recording, I got this from Golf Central, but uh, Bones, Jim Bones McKay coming out of retirement, caddy retirement and going on JT's bag full-time. Okay. I like that. I, want, I wonder, though, because JT's had his guy... Uh, G- I think it's Jimmy. I think he's been on the bag for a while. I wonder if he's retiring, though. I think he's on the older side. But anyway, so to perfectly sum up how everybody played this week, uh, Kyle Porter from CBS had a the recorded scores from everybody for the week. Yeah. Like each individual person marked down. Obviously, DJ, minus 19. Uh, he goes 5-0. and oh. I, I think he kind of went six and zero by his just amazing press conference afterwards. <laughs> well, we have to we have to go probably isn't much tape of, tape on the uh, the celebration, so that could be five zero and five zero zero and one something yeah. like that. Unreal! I, like never heard. There's a lot of people that are like never heard DJ talk that much in his whole life, and he was like the maestro of the press conference. Like he, he must was have, stopping. He must other have people. gotten some Uncle Bumpy. Well, there was people that celebration. Well, there were people that were on site that said, "Well, before they were done, like before all the matches were in, but DJ was already done." Yeah, they said while they were on the 18th green, they saw him like run back and forth like three times to go up to the bar area and come back down, and he was drinking like straight tequila. <laughs> so he was feeling good. Um, his partner, who he played with three times, uh, Colin Morikawa, went minus 18. So just one stroke worse than DJ. It, it, this doesn't give like how many holes they played. Yeah. So this is obviously this is uh, this could be a little bit off from the actual indication of how they played. I mean they played but, great. So yeah, Morikawa rookie went three zero and one. 
with the tie in singles, he had a, I don't know, maybe a 10 foot putt to win his singles match against Hovland and a crazy sidestep for them. Uh, they shot 59 in their best ball in their singles match. <laughs> I mean, those two are just yeah. going to be lighting it up for so the next ha- 10 years. So Rom obviously was the, the best European player. He was a minus 16. He went uh, three. He lost singles, right? It was the only one he lost. Yeah, he went three and one. No, no, they tied a match. He three, went two, one, one. three, one, and one. He yeah. was the only one on the European team to go I all mean, five he played matches. Outside of, I mean, you could say he played poorly in singles, but outside of that, he was. I think he might have been a little gassed at that point. He was lights out the first two rounds. Yeah, it was what didn't miss a putt. No, didn't, it was, didn't hardly miss a shot. Him and, in him and Sergio were were fun watch. It could have been a corpse walking around with a Yeah, it could have, he could have like, me or you out there. He could yeah. have me out there. We still would have uh, tied, uh, probably tied. Cantley was five shots back of that. He was 11. He was pretty solid all week. JT and Hovland were both minus 10. Uh, JT, I think, played a little worse than his record. He was 2-1-1 one, and one overall. He played really good in his singles match. But he was down three through eight holes twice. And got a point and a half out of those matches. Yeah, which is like just ma- making the putts when you need to, and you I know, think summoning what, something. What sums up his weekend is Spieth hitting that unreal shot from the side of the green and straight up there, the and they miss the putt. Yeah, that that kind of sums up JT's weekend. If uh, if you get a chance, go on Twitter and just search Jordan Spieth's shot tracer. It, 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 it goes eighty feet in the air, probably, and he's only about what fifteen feet from the hole. First of all, I would have embedded my club into the side of that hill. And you would have fallen directly down the hill. Yeah, I would have died. I would have broken my leg. I'd still be in Lake Michigan. Yeah, the talent that that guy has around the greens is just unreal. But anyway, so bottom line, Hatton had the worst score on the week. He was even. Rory was minus one. Fleetwood English minus two. And then a whole bunch of people in the middle. But DJ, DJ and Rom, I think, Definitely kind of the story of the week. DJ was never more than one down in in any of the, his five matches. And he was only down one for two holes on Friday. And that was holes four and five. Other than that, he was in the lead or tied the entire time. He knows when to turn it on. Like, just... I think he just kind of rounded into form. And I, I have some comments about the overall tournament, like, how I actually think it was a little closer, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, Morikawa is just, the guy is almost, it's somehow he's more impressive every time I watch him in a big event. Like he he's obviously wants to get better. Like he's got two majors and the guy all of a sudden just turns into the Terminator on the greens at an event like this. Like, yeah, because if you look at his stats, his putting's not no. top 30. But watching him in these events, like all of a sudden, I find myself like more confident in him than anyone else on the golf course. It was crazy, and I think game wise, both in alternate shot and four ball, him and DJ just seem like the perfect partnership. Yeah. So if DJ just stays healthy, I mean, we could be looking at the next two, three Ryder Cups, run those guys out there two, three times. Yeah. Especially I mean, in alternate shot. I think the team. You may see almost the exact team next year, with the exception so, of maybe Berger well, and let's, Scheffler. Let's get into that in a second. But So DJ and Colin went 3-0 together. They played two alternate shot matches and one four-ball match. They played 48 holes and made 20 birdies. 
Like nobody was beating them. Those, those are the scores you see at like uh, those the scrambles and that you think the guy lied yeah. about their score. That's what they're putting out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, the some just general stats that I saw that kind of explain how the week went. Uh, the par five scoring was huge, and this was from uh, Justin Ray. Uh, the U.S. won, th- so of all the par fives for the entire week, the U.S. won 34 of those holes, playing them at 46 under. Europe won, sorry, they, they didn't shoot 46 under in 34 holes. They shot 46 under on the par fives yeah. in general for the week and won 34 of those holes. Europe shot 22 under and only won 14 of those holes. And it was even more lopsided than that to start. I think at one point they had played 19 par fives. The U.S. won 10, Europe won 1, and they half the rest. And it, that was like the decision in the first couple of matches. Yeah. Um, Putting-wise, usually in the Ryder Cup, you feel like the Euros just make putts and the U.S. doesn't, which is generally how I feel. But like, so just a stat to illustrate, illustrate that from Justin Ray had uh, for the first three sessions... The U.S. made 134 more feet of putts to win or tie holes, and then in the Saturday, the Saturday afternoon four ball, just in one session, the Euros made 53 feet more, and that was the only session that the Euros took more than a point. But that just shows you how much, just something small like that can, like 50, 53 feet over four matches doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, but no, that I mean... can swing those matches. So everything I, just fell into place. Everything worked for yeah. the U.S. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, they won 19-9, to 9, but... Yeah. Like, like you said, you bring up all the stats there. They came to play. They did. They, a lot of... It was one of those things where, like, when, when a team's favored, you know, Alabama comes out as a 19-point favorite, every now and then they'll just come out and just destroy a team, win by three touchdowns easily. I mean, Alabama's probably a bad example because they probably do it more than most. But rarely in golf, especially in Ryder Cups, does a team who's favored by that much statistically just come out and do it like that. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so many other factors that go into golf. I mean, again, the weather could have made this the great equalizer, and they just mastered it this weekend. So that's part of my argument about why I think, like, normally I think it's an overreaction when the U.S. loses and how I don't want to overreact this time. Just it, it, like I agree that there's a lot of young talent on this team that's probably going to be on the team for the next 10 years. But like a couple putts here and there, like think about that. 19 to 9 is huge. Obviously yeah. it's the biggest defeat in the Ryder Cup, but that's five match swings. Yeah. Like it's not that much over the course of a week. Well, the reason why I am going to be kind of like overexcited for the next Ryder Cup for this team, is where does Europe go? With who are they going to? They can't. They're not going to run out the same team. Will Victor Perez is Guido Migliozzi. Where are their young guys? Who's going to step up and eventually kind of yeah. take the torch, quote unquote, for Europe? Because you got a lot of guys that are kind of at the end of their Ryder Cup career. Like maybe Poulter plays well and gets on another team. Maybe Westwood does yeah, the same. But Sergio, like, yeah, Casey. Westwood, Sergio, Casey, all those guys. Ken Fleet would get back. To what he once was a so couple years ago. But that's part of my argument is Fleetwood played about as bad as he has since he's been on tour. Yeah. Well, he played poor this year. Was he no a, longer has a tour card. So There was there was a corpse of Rory McIlroy walking around for the first two days of this tournament. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously, you expect... You expect more from Hatton. I did. I expect more from Hatton. Rob Hatton has played the, the, like the same thing. He's played about as bad as he has in two years. And that alone, like, Hovland gets a little more experience, maybe takes a step forward. Yeah. Rory doesn't play like... Shit. Like Terrell Hatton. Yeah. Hatton plays better to his form of two years ago. Fleetwood... Like, even if you don't get the max of all that, even if you get a little bit more out of all of those guys, and even if Rom takes a slight step back, like, even if he's not number one in the world, which he has been for probably, like, five years statistically, yeah. I think you're st- it still gets a little bit closer. But no, I think it, you see it more of a 16, 12, but that's what 15, I'm saying. Like, 13 right, yeah. at that point. Yeah, but it, at the same time, like... Morikawa, like, it's scary to think that, like, Morikawa could actually get better. Yeah. JT and Spieth both could have played better in this event. Like, Bryson played well at times, but, I mean, he could have played better. Yeah, I mean... That's the scary thing. Well, that's the scary thing about Bryson in general. You could say that the entire year that he's still finishing top 10 and playing really well with not playing his best game. Right. And I think think it was perfect for U.S. the way it was set up to have... Finau and Bryson only play in best ball. In the best ball. Like yeah. the way it was set up, it, it was that, that's how USA was going to succeed the way they did, the way they set it up. Yeah, they not only had the best team, they also set themselves up in the best situation with each the best round. eight guys yeah. each round. I don't know how much you would have been surprised with the pairings that went out there. Like Scheffler and Bryson doesn't really surprise me. They play a lot in Texas together. Yeah. The one thing that did surprise me. I, I expected to see DJ Morikawa, um, Berger, and Kepka. I expected to see yeah, Florida boys. They went Fuller State. Yeah, they went back. They went uh, both rounds in alternate shot together. Spieth and JT. We were expected to see Xander and Cantley. We were expected to see. I didn't expect them to switch up Cantley and um, Shoffley though, and put Xander with DJ in the first day of uh, four ball. That was interesting to me. And then they flip-flopped it and gave Xander yeah. and Cantley a break and went DJ and Morikawa, but they were also rolling at that point. And then uh, the one wild card to me, I guess, would have been Brooks and Spieth. But not not a pairing that I'm upset about. It, no, obviously. I mean, none, of the, none of the pairings were super shocking or super out there that they imploded in any way. Right. It, it just worked out. Honestly, it was, it was the perfect storm of pairings, of saying out which right. people on which which format yeah. and even the the pairings for singles yeah of who every person was playing was scotty taking down rom like we talked about like rom could have been a little gassed playing all four matches and scheffler was resting only played four ball yeah came out hot got an early lead and uh side note for scotty he becomes the first american player in the modern era to win the Ryder cup before his first pga tour win hmm it's interesting, yeah. but I mean, Scotty's like twenty-four years old, and he can clearly get a lot better. So, it would not surprise me if he's on the next like five teams. It would surprise me if the team ends up somehow younger next year overall. Yeah. So obviously, like English could be in form. Like he's a decent player, yeah. but he's like 32, 34, something like that. So I could see him falling off. I could see Berger not being on the team. Kepka, depending on his injuries, I would expect yeah. him to be on the team. But if he has more injuries, like he maybe he's not on the team. Uh, everybody else, like 
to me, maybe Scheffler is the next question mark, but I expect him to actually get better. And win some tournaments. But, like, the other eight seem like locks to me to be they're, on the yeah, team. Yeah, they're not going anywhere for like at DJ, least four years. JT, Spieth, Morikawa. Bryson. Um, Bryson. Cantley, Shoffley. Who am I missing? Finau. Like, those eight are go- most likely going to be on the team yeah. in France. So... That just to play devil's advocate, that's the only thing that worries me is like this was the perfect storm. It was the perfect course. It was the perfect team at the perfect time, and it was like the the opposite of that for the Euros. You had all the wrong guys playing poorly coming in, and like you said, they just don't have the pipeline. But all it takes is a couple, a couple. So I'm just, I'm just hoping the U.S. team comes in with that same mentality when they go to Rome in two years. And it, the the thing that excited me the most, besides DJ being hilarious in the press conferences, was they Xander, asked... They Xander asked chain smoking cigars. That was awesome, too. But they asked Xander about, is this kind of unfinished business or something, you know, until you win one on European soil? And Xander basically brushed it off and said something like, you know, let us just enjoy this for a minute and then we'll get to work or something like that. Yeah. And Speed kind of cut it off and was like, you know... As someone, I'll take this one. As someone who's been on two you two losing teams in Europe, to me it is unfinished business until we get it done on, on their turf kind of thing. So that was, that was exciting for me to hear. I mean, they're going to be ready. It will definitely be interesting to see. In two years, how they structure the pairings, and who goes out for what, just because based on the course is definitely not going to be favoring, long hitters. They're no. going to make the course They're going to make more it more of an iron, an iron contest, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, U.S. has a lot of good iron players, too. So, uh, just on our side note about kind of the end of an era, if this is Poulter's last Ryder Cup, he, he would end his Ryder Cup at 6-0-1 in singles after taking down Fino, which is just incredible. And Westwood also, who could be his last event, he also won his singles match, so... Just curious to see who they're going to bring in to replace those two and whoever else. Like, I guess you could go. I mean, does I does Alex still... Noren make a Ryder Cup in oh, two yeah, years? Oh, yeah, like Matt Wallace, yeah. I think, would be good in this event. Um, I could see Justin Rose getting back into form, getting on the team. Um, to me, the whole does the team come together kind of thing has always been a little overrated in my mind. I think it plays more into the... It's, it's one of those things like being a team is easy when you're winning. Yeah. And it's like... I heard some comments about like, oh man, look, the Euros, whether they win or lose, their press conferences always look the same. But to me, a little bit of that is the fact that they're always the underdog. Yeah. Like the underdog is, is one of the easiest things to do in sports, right? It's like you can go out there, you no can pressure. freewheel it, there's less pressure. Like... The way the Euros were in their press conference, like laughing and joking around together, if the U.S. did that after a loss like this, they would get crushed. Oh, the me- yeah. Like it'd the, be the like, oh, nobody, be... It'd be nobody cares. Like, that's why they're different than the Euros. So, to me, that, that stuff is a little bit overrated. Yeah. I think all these guys really care about this event. Oh, 100%. You could tell just, I mean, Rory especially. Rory's interview after yeah. 16, that was crazy. It was, like, like almost heartbreaking. I, like, started to, I almost started crying. Yeah. I mean, it was anyway. a great it was a great weekend of golf. What was the uh, what was the highlight for you? I mean, 
let's say let's just say let's do two things let's do most memorable shot for you and then just most memorable moment in general i guess i mean the most memorable shot i mean we already brought up the the speed shot but just the insanity of bryson dechambeau's tee shot on what was it five i think when he cut oh, the, the angle the 417 yeah that's just insane but what's crazy though is that shot to me could have been his second most impressive tee shot of correct the week after he drove number one drove in one then sink the 43 foot eagle putt yeah was good too but i mean just especially when you look at that that photo of where scheffler's ball was in his and then you see how he had to take 250 yards apart he he went over basically the media towers yeah carried it 385 not only did he have a four seventeen yard drive but he took 100 yards off the hole right he had 70 yards in like that's just there's yeah. no one else right now on tour who can do that yeah yeah true okay what about just overall moment i mean i would say this overall moment would probably be just the morning session of day one coming out and winning the first three going three and one grant we had did that last time they did that in france too and then but it waxed. just felt different like, no i agree the entire just vibe or momentum from team usa yeah was like okay this is gonna be something special yeah there wasn't like one specific hole that stood out to me just because we've had we had it in hand almost the entire time yeah i think shot wise it was either of jt's shots into 16 at par 5 either Friday Friday afternoon or Saturday morning one of them he hit an iron one of them he hit a wood but just crazy saucy draws where he did the the best club twirl Ever. in golf and hit it to like 10 feet and then the one time he made the putt and went nuts the other one Spieth hit the putt and when the putt was still like 6 inches from the hole he already had his putter up looking at the crowd yeah so those two shots stick out to me. Yeah, the putter up in that same vein is, and, and I guess not memorable for the wrong reasons, John Rahm ended up in the water in the exact same spot with the exact same shot in that par five, yeah. back-to-back rounds. Yeah, Fleetwood, was, Fleetwood did it too. Was more shocking than anything to see him do it twice. Yeah. Just other, cup. other than that, like, to close it out, it, it's probably a tie to me, but like Morikawa and Brooks into 17 in their singles match it was playing like 221 and they both almost hole it to yeah. win to win their match just insane shots um but moment overall honestly the rory interview was great like that's up there but because they lost i think i give the tip of the cap to uh dj in the press conference another good phenomenal moment. it was i think saturday when paul casey was in the crowd singing and drinking with the European fans. That was... that oh. I always like... I like the interactions with the fans in these tournaments. So like, yeah. seeing that, this... Yeah, it's super serious, or, uh, but having them just take it... What about uh, Saturday afternoon when the fans were tossing beers tossing to Berger and shotgun. JT yeah, and they the slammed them beers. on the first tee? It's good to see. I just hope they bring it in, uh, in Rome. That would be something that would be awesome to go see, by the way. Ryder Cup in Rome. Hey, who knows? Maybe this podcast is big enough. We have media credentials. Who, kn- who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the Ryder Cup was so good. I think we skipped right over the uh, state of the game. So did you? You didn't play in golf last week, right? You got no, I ran- played Saturday. Oh, that's right. Saturday. So course was super wet. Yeah. It was a lot of, you know, cart path only. It was a lot of 
find your ball yep. in just whatever club you had brought with you you're using, yep. which led to a lot of, oh, shit, I'm not 150 out. I'm only 125 out. I guess I'm choking down and swinging soft with this club. Yep. So I shot a 96, which wasn't bad, I guess, for a full month off. Keep, keep it under 100, though. Kept it under 100. Shout out, shout out to the pod. Uh, missed three birdie putts, unfortunately, which wasn't good. But I played pretty well. Brought the driver out in the last three holes, and honestly, it wasn't as terrible as it used to be. That's this winter, man. That's, so, that's what you got to get to. I think, to. I think all, all the fall golf will be a driver for everything, everywhere I go. Yeah, we gotta, we'll have to set up, we'll have to do a uh, kind of a winter project pod to find out what everybody's going to work on. Yeah. We'll have to do that for sure. I had uh, two outings. I had a, just a you know charity four-man scramble outing on Friday out at Lynx and Novi. Course was soaked. For those who don't know, we had a lot of rain. Yeah. We had about six inches of rain over Between four days. Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. basically. Yeah. It was crazy. The range was closed. It was cart path only for a four-man scramble, which was interesting. Um, but it was fun. And then Sunday, like I talked about, I had the 36-hole tour championship event for the Mitten Tour. Also cart path only. <laughs> um, me and uh, my buddy Ryan went... Uh, uh, 78 68 in the alternate shot we just could not make a single putt and and we doubled two of the par fives that's not good no just basically inside of 50 yards just making a real mess of it still those in your hands yeah shout out to uh shout out to the dudes that we played with uh chris ball and sean johnson like i've never seen a group make so many putts in my life <laughs> like it was really like we weren't even playing good, but they it'd be like every hole like we'd have a you know fifteen foot birdie putt they'd be have like thirty feet and just drain out, <laughs> and then we miss and we're like well shit, and then every time they missed the green it was almost a chip in like these guys really played well short game was on point, the putting was ridiculous like they at least three times they were chalking their putts between the two of them like out yeah. loud. And they weren't even sure what the line was. They just hit it, and they're like, oh, I guess that was right. Guess it and it just out. went in. It was sick. Shout out to uh, Ken and Ken Jr., who we played with on Saturday. They were just fucked up on the course. Oh, nice. Doing shots for every birdie for Ken Jr. and every par for Ken, because that was love, his father. And love to see it. They were they were in the one. Love to see it. All right. Well, uh, I, have a, I have a tea time at your favorite course this Saturday out at oh, Glacier. Park? Oh, Glacier. Oh, nice. So, we'll see. Are you playing this weekend? Um, probably not going to play. I'll play Monday. I'm off work on Monday. So I'm figuring out where I'm going to play. Possibly a little Forest Dunes. Yeah, I'm also day, off work trip. Thursday and Friday next week. So I'm, I think I'm going to drive out the Forest Dunes or the Loop on one of the days off. Love to see it. And just make a quick, uh, you know, quick eight-hour day. Four in the car, four in the course. Got to love but it. But worth it at a course like that. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into our uh, our betting segment here. Time to lose some money. Yeah. Which, you want to you wanna give us a little recap of last week? So last week, for me, two and three, but it was the most exciting two and three I've ever had just because my last loss was the Michigan State minus three and a half. So okay. for those who didn't watch the game, they're down, they're losing. Not only are they going to lose my bet, they're going to lose and just spiral me into a tequila blackout. Yep. And... A little punt return touchdown for a uh, for a tie and gives us a chance a little backdoor cover. Yep. Go to overtime, 
Yep. They intercept the ball, almost return. I'm just yelling at the TV at Boatworks in a bar, just screaming. People are looking at me like, what is wrong with this Gets person? Caught. Gets caught down. I'm like, all right, well, at least they're going to win. Like, whatever, I lose the bet. First play, Kenneth Walker almost takes it into the end zone, gets tackled at like the three, also screaming at the TV. And you would think like, oh, they're just gonna kick the field goal. They line up for two plays, so they gave me another, you know, another couple of chances get of hope. Stopped. Get stopped, whatever. Awesome. I mean, at that point, I wasn't counting that as a win yeah. ever, but it was just exciting to be in it at the end. Uh, but yeah, two and three, couple uh, big miss by you and I. Should have faded uh, Wyoming apparently. Yeah, Jesus, they suck. UConn, I don't know. And then Texas A&M and Arkansas over did not hit because Texas A&M is atrocious. The only thing I was right about in my Texas A&M Arkansas, I guess, spiel was that Texas A&M should not have been ranked seventh. That offense is trash. <laughs> Just absolute hot garbage. I can't believe two SEC teams couldn't score 47 points, but two what? and three, you were three and two. A couple good calls by you. Records, which I was on in a Separate bet. Oh, yeah. Covered. Wyoming, even though you had a one point less, still didn't cover. Yep. Notre Dame just put the boots. Put the boots late. It yeah, was, it was 13 for 10 a long in the time. Yeah. And they were on their third string quarterback. Yeah, it was no good there. UNC. Garbage. I don't know how Georgia Tech scored 50 points yep. on them. I. That was just. That was more shocking than UConn covering. Yep. Because UNC got piped. Yep. Arkansas State, great cover. Love me some Arkansas State. That offense is good. Their defense terrible. It's also They're, the who they played Tulsa, right? So yeah. that was the Ohio State effect. Correct. They're they're joining Western Kentucky for me and my teams that I'm gonna bet the over on just about every week. Nice. And then what about Kyle was on last week? What did he do? It was a... It was Googie Bad was on last week. Oh, that's right. Cook was. What? How did he do? So he had. Did he had uh, both. I know he hit LSU. And he hit San Jose, Western Michigan under. Two and zero oh for the for the drop in. Yeah. I hate betting two games. By the way, it's most likely you're probably going to lose one of them and yeah, you're going to split. split. Hate it. Yeah. It's but he goes two and zero. Oh. He liked his bets. So I also that, went three and zero oh in uh, NFL. By the way. Gotta love it. So that puts our overall records. I'm at eleven and nine. And you are at nine and seven. That's not including NFL. Not including NFL, just college. Again, yeah. our the stats I post will just be for college picks. No, I, I think don't really I think on NFL. I think I'm still above five hundred on NFL. I went three and zero last week. I went one and two the week before. And I think I went two and one. So I'm, I think I'm th- actually three games over. We'll I'll get that on there. Yeah, I'll circle well. back and we'll and circle back it. and get the NFL I'll get out actual, there too. I'll get your your actual rankings, but. All right. Some interesting lines for this week. So, um, very interesting lines. Why don't I kick it off and then we can go you for college and then I'll throw out my NFL picks. But, um, crazy number, one of the lowest totals we've seen this year. I got this from a podcast, but, uh, Troy, South Carolina, the over under set at 42.5. That's an academy. That's like Naval Academy Air Force under. Right that's there. like one of those where I'm like, man, that is so low. I feel like I still want to take the under. But I just thought that number was interesting. Some big games this week. Great slate. Huge games. Um, Cincinnati favored at Notre Dame, which I think mostly is probably due to the quarterback situation. But yeah, quarterback situation, and I mean, me personally, I don't think Wisconsin's very good. So them getting that, them beating Wisconsin, which. 
I'm trying to figure out how Wisconsin's favored against Michigan. I don't think Michigan's as good as they are, but they should be. I don't be. think Wisconsin is either. So, Wisconsin, but Michigan's first road game too. So. And Wisconsin's got a very good defense. It yeah. wasn't the defense that caused them to lose last week. It was yeah. their shitty offense. I, this is not an official pod play, but I'm I'm just gonna take the Michigan money line just because of the way that line is. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, first game, I think we're going. I'm going back to our well. But, oh, you're going to the UConn well? But a little differently. You're taking the Vandy? No, I think Vandy's scoring some points. I think UConn might have found something, so I'm going to go over. What is is the total on that? Over 52 for UConn-Vandy. Over 52? Yep. UConn-Vandy. I'm going to go with that. Um, Our boys in uh, Western Kentucky at MSU this weekend. Might as well just check that over. I don't even care what the number is. I I think it's 64. I saw 64 as well, so So I'm going to take that. I'm also on that as well, so I'm gonna take that. I'm going to take Florida. I think Florida's gonna to start to roll here after uh hanging close with Alabama a couple Against weeks Kentucky, ago. Was it, was eight it and a half. Eight and a half? Yep. At Kentucky. And they get a couple starters back in the offensive line on the defense too. But Kentucky also gets a lot of their secondary back because they were suspended due to right. police charges and they all right. got dropped. So I think they're back as well. But still enough to uh Worth a look, exactly. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas State at home. Always a tough team at home. Uh, Plus 11 at home against Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is highly overrated. I agree with you. I'm not touching that game, but Oklahoma has not been very good. Eventually, though, I think Oklahoma is going to have that game that will... They'll show up and be like, "This is why we had that ranking." Think. I've been waiting for it. So hopefully, it's not this weekend. Yeah, and then <laughs> which it will be because you're on the other end of it. And then my last play is just just by how crazy this number is, but I'm going to take the under in the Bama game because 79 is too big. 79 is just. I understand that these both teams can easily both score 40, but I'm fine losing if that if that total hits 80. So I'm going to go under 79, Ole Miss and Bama. Yeah, that game, I mean, there's like no way it can be like last year, right? But <clears throat> No, yeah, exactly. If it does, that's a game like whatever. I'll that, lose, I'll that lose game is do. a game where, you know, I'm just drunk or something, and I'm going to bet that over. It won't be one of my official plays, but be like, yeah, why not? 79, huge total. But, but dude, looking the smart at that, move is the under. But looking at that, like 31-24, <laughs> like that's a lot of points, man. 44-30. Doesn't get you there. Yeah, it's, that's insane. It, it's it's too it's too big of a number, especially. So I'm, I'm for going under. Bama. So those are my five plays. We got UConn, Vandy over fifty two, MSU, Western Kentucky over sixty four, Kansas State at home plus eleven against Oklahoma, Florida minus eight and a half at Kentucky, and under seventy nine Ole Miss and Bama. So I have just to get out of the way, I have the Michigan State West Kentucky over as well nice. as one of my plays. Okay. That's so that's be... a loss. No, I've, I've been good on no, Western Kentucky. No, we're both on it. That's a loss. <laughs> I mean, I just think Michigan State's offense will find some rhythm again against Western Kentucky's um, Western very Kentucky bad defense. Does not stop the run. running plays. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth Walker is going to probably rush for two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, I got a little Friday play. I think Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Maryland's a very tough place to play. Especially on a Friday night, that crowd's gonna be I thought about thumping. T- I thought about taking Maryland, but just Iowa's defense—they're they're they're a very mistake-free team. Yeah. I think they're kind of they're kind of like Wisconsin usually is, right? Where their defense is solid, their offense isn't gonna be turning the ball over, and they're just gonna 
grind you out, and they're probably going to win only by seven, but they cover minus three. So yep. Iowa minus three, give it to me in Maryland. Okay. I just hope it doesn't turn out like the Michigan State game I bet like four years ago on a Friday night when Michigan State was there and they got ransacked by Maryland. So we'll we'll hopefully avoid that. We have just a line that I don't I can't understand how lines this big against two top ten teams. Okay. Arkansas should not be 18 and a half point underdogs. I even saw 19 at one spot. Against Georgia. Georgia Georgia's really good. Is really good. They absolutely smoke bad teams. Yeah. Smoke them. Yep. They struggled against Clemson. Yep. Which Clemson's defense is still very really good. Clemson's only bad because their offense is terrible. Right. And DJ Ukulele, sorry for the mispronunciation, Ukulele. is not very good. Yep. But Arkansas, I mean, especially given where the total's at, at 48, mm-hmm. Arkansas is going to score probably at least two touchdowns, I would say. And they have probably the best wide receiver in the nation as well on their team. So the play might be go Arkansas plus 18 and a half yeah. and over because it'd almost be impossible to lose both of those. And I say that they probably will both lose. <laughs> but just conventional wisdom thinks if they can score two touchdowns, yeah. For Georgia to cover that, the over hits. Yep. About the Arkansas, 18 and a half. Okay. And then we're going to look at Arkansas State. Like so it. I'm not taking their spread. I don't watch them enough to know exactly how they play, but I do know that I believe they are playing Georgia Southern, who has a very, very bad defense. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State has a very, very bad defense. Arkansas State can score. Like, if you look at their games, they're scoring 40 points a game in losses. Right. Over 66. So, just going to be one of those, like, fun belt games that I watch and just cheer for points and nothing else. Yep. And then my last pick, another another big, big game. I thought about going Coastal Carolina, who are uh, minus 34.5 against Louisiana Monroe. Okay. But I think Louisiana Monroe is better than UMass, and that number being the exact same kind of gets me away yep. from it. So not going there. We're going Cincinnati over Notre Dame. Ooh, big game. Notre Dame. I mean, I said I don't think Wisconsin's very good this year. I mean, their defense is great. I yep. think, I mean, their defense coordinator, Jim Leonard, has that team humming on defense. Their offense is very, very bad. I think Cincinnati's offense is definitely a step up. Yep. And granted, they are... I think it's, what, at Notre Dame, correct? It's at Notre Dame. Yeah. Even with it being away, this team has had two weeks to prepare. It's been their, this is their Super Bowl. If they win this game, and depend how they win this game, this could be what gets them into the college football playoff. Yeah. Cincinnati. Assuming they take care of business the rest yes. of the way. Yeah. Assuming yeah. they don't have any you know missteps against Central Florida. I mean, they have some tough in-conference games, but if they beat... Notre Dame, and they beat them soundly. You can, especially given how Clemson's played, the Big Ten isn't the greatest this year. The Pac-12 is always going to cannibalize each other. Right. And the ACC is a crapshoot. Yep. This is the year of chaos. This is Cincinnati's chance. So give me Cincinnati. I think it's minus two right now. Yep. Uh, that's what I'll take. All right. I like it. And then I'll round it out with my NFL plays. Actually, just side note, what do you think about Rutgers at home against Ohio State getting 15 and a half? 
because I thought about taking that one as well. Ohio State just is not the same team. They play a lot of close games with teams maybe not as good as Rutgers, but that I mean, it's it's so my logic is I don't really I I think Michigan has a good defense. I don't think their offense is anything special, and they were what twenty point favorites. Twenty one. Twenty one. Is Ohio State like six five points worse than Michigan? And I know I mean, it's a flip flop. Yeah, it's on the road, flop. but is on that the road, six we're not sure how CJ Stroud's feeling. I mean, he'll probably play. Ooh, and Cincinnati's on the one and a half. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, I looked at that too. I thought I had the same thought process. Yeah. Eventually, you have to think Ohio State's going to get the, the defense. Are gonna the, through. Defense the defense will kind of do come through, yeah. especially if they can get their defensive line to get some more pressure. Yeah, it's a it's a number that I would consider taking, but it Ohio State is kind of again similar to Oklahoma, where they might just turn it on again, and, and you just don't want to be on it. For you that don't want to be on the wrong end of yeah. a you know forty nine fourteen loss when you have records. Right. Because I don't think Rutgers offense, like I think Rutgers is eventually going to get the athletes to compete more in the Big Ten with Shiano. Yeah. I don't think that they're, they're quite there yet. For sure. All right. Well, on to the NFL. Some great matchups this week. The, the Giants plus eight at New Orleans is interesting to me, but I cannot bring myself to bet the, the Giants. Giants are bad. They're terrible. They're so bad. But... New Orleans has done some puzzling things this year. Um, we might get a scenario where Daniel Jones is on a new team next year and pulls a Sam Darnold because yeah. he's actually played pretty well this year. So, speaking of Sam Darnold, I know the Cowboys looked great last week, but I think Carolina is just a really well-coached team, and they have some great weapons. So I'm going to take Carolina going into Dallas at plus 5. I know coming off that Monday night game, I may even get more points in that. I could see this line getting up to 6. So I'm, I'm going to wait before I bet it, but I'm going to take Carolina plus five. I'm going to take the Browns again, going back to the well. Okay. Browns are going to Minnesota, which I know people love betting Minnesota at home, but I think Cleveland is better at every position on the field, and their defense looks dominant right now, and I'm ready. I could This line puzzle. the line is the only thing that scares me. Like, if you would have just asked me after last week what the line would have been Cleveland at Minnesota, I would have guessed, like, six. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rolling with Cleveland minus one and a half. Depending on if Delvin Cook plays. But even if he doesn't. It's, I mean, that offense has the weapons to keep it close. And well, I mean, we're going to find out if their whole line can I like hold the up. Panthers yeah. bet just because, I mean, even without CMC, yeah. the Dallas defense has just got awful. Yeah, and then my uh, my this is my best bet and my and my dip of the week. Oh, well, dip of the week. Uh, KC down to minus one. They're just not going to lose another. They're not going to lose. They're my survivor th- pick. They're not going to lose three in a row. Even though Jalen Hurts said you just take a deuce and forget about it, <laughs> I think they're going to take another deuce this week. And then I'm dipping that with the Tom Brady revenge game. Uh, minus, uh, I guess that would be plus a half. I had I saw them at minus six and a half. I'm tempted to take that game at six and a half. 
I don't think the Patriots are very good. Yeah, I'm tempted to just take the Bucks off a loss covering the seven, but I'm just going to play it safe with the dip, and those two teams the, are, the are not going to The Bucks defensive lose. line can <clears throat> have any sort of pressure. Matt Jones All they really need crumble. to do is stop the run. Yeah. And they're going to run away with that. So I'm just taking those teams not to lose. So dip Tampa Bay, Kansas City. and Dip of the week. My dip of the week is butterscotch. But oh. that little, little twist, little soft-serve twist, good to go. Interesting. All right, well, uh, those are the picks, and uh, we hopefully we will not lose money this weekend again. Yeah. We're on a nice little roll. We're in the positive. We're in the black. Yeah, we're both in the black, so. All right, well, uh, I'll let you get going to your uh, birthday festivities. Festive happy week. Happy birthday to Aaron. Yeah, happy 30th. And we will, uh, everybody else out there, if you're working, uh, working on your game or you're getting out there and playing still, some nice fall golf, you know what to do. Keep it under 100. Rizzo, let's go. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links, when you take out a club and you about to hit a swing, what you gonna do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under hundred. 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 We keep it under a hundred.